we we welcome our robot overlords or overladies. I don't. Sister. Well, you know that's why you are gonna die horribly. <laughs> I'll be first against the wall when the revolution comes. So anyway, uh, anyway welcome, yes. to, welcome to our listeners who uh, probably feel like they've just walked in on a very bizarre conversation that was happening off screen or something. <clears throat> um, well, that's kind of our podcast, isn't it? Well, yes. Um, so yeah, welcome to um, episode... Five, three, three. No, four, no, five. not not, not three. Not three. It's uh, I'm I'm fairly yeah, certain right. it's five. four or five. Three? Yeah. No. Five. Yes, it's five. There we go. <laughs> no, it's four. It's actually four. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because we had we had crystal in week two, didn't we? Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. We are, we are quite the professionals, and we absolutely. We quite the logistics over here um welcome yeah, we were on, um, we were on a very tight ship here yes um we we are on top of uh, uh things uh over here um this is the rise wings podcast um season two season two season two episode yes. four um yes. my name is greg and I'm Martin, uh, and have been for the last however long it's been. <clears throat> I, I I think it's our thirteenth episode, possibly. So, yeah, um, we did we did I think nine in season one, and uh, yeah, this is as we uh, discussed. This is episode four. That makes it lucky thirteen. Indeed. Um, we are two writers, um, and we talk about writing and the uh, writing life and everything that uh, encompasses, um, which is uh, quite a few things. As, uh, as all in a concerted effort it's... to actually d- distract us from you know actually writing ourselves. <clears throat> yes, um, although um, now that you mention it. Um, oh god! This is I, where you're going to show up again, isn't it? So how's your how's your writing going? Um, this badly. is a, this is this is a new weekly segment that we do. Um, this yes, is this our is second the segment time called, doing... called "Make Martin Break Down and Cry in the Corner." Um, that too, but that's uh, <laughs> kind of an added bonus um, in this case because I just wanted to tell you that um, I figured. I would actually do NaNoWriMo this year, and uh-huh. uh, I started outlining, which is which has been fun and kind of nerve-wracking when, when I realized that uh, it's basically the last week of October, and yes. uh, I'm just starting NaNoPrep, but, uh, but yeah, I got an idea, and I got most of the outline done, uh, which was fun, and I'm really looking forward to November and hammering out however many birds I can hammer out in 30 days. You know, I'm beginning to think I really ought to try and <clears throat> have a look into uh, NaNoWriMo because it might actually help me in this instance. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, we, 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 we kind of discussed NaNoWriMo um, in, in an earlier episode and we kind of agreed that uh, although it wasn't for us necessarily, it's, it was great 
it, it, it's the energy in the writing community um, uh-huh. it's awesome and uh, it brings people together um, obviously we can always network and always talk to each other on Twitter or on whatever um, NaNoWriMo is, is really um, kind of a, an occasion to, to do it even more so um, and uh, And I've, I've been listening to uh, a fair amount of writing podcasts lately um, <clears throat> because there are others, believe it or not. <laughs> and, uh, not as good as ours, obviously. Yes. Um, I, I like maybe more useful in a way, um, <laughs> but not as fun. Um, but, dear listeners, if this is the only writing podcast that you listen, we thank you we will include a few of our favorites in the show notes um so anyway um uh, one of the one of the nano primers on on uh, writing excuses which is one of my favorite podcasts is uh, uh they 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 talked about that uh, you know it's the the premise of nano is 50,000 words in 30 days which right. Uh, a lot of people object to it because you know um, when you when you are going after a word count that uh, that may may not be quality that sets kind of a bad example. On the other hand, um, <clears throat> you know if you find twenty five thousand or twenty thousand or even you know twenty good words, really good words in that fifty thousand, that's a win for Nano and. Um, How does it, how does the old saying go? Uh, um, I can fix I can fix a bad page. I can't fix a blank one. Yes. Um, yes. So it, 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 you might generate fifty thousand words and find that only you know half of that or or even less is is actually usable. But you've still you've still put more words into the story. And yeah. there's also the fact that say you do generate the, the full 50,000 words and they're all really magnificent but there's there's problems with you know editing grammar and all that jazz that's why we have an editing phase <laughs> yes, you don't just indeed. write the book and then go right it's done throw it out and just, just send it out into the world no that's 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 a surefire way to shoot yourself in the foot yes please do not on uh December 1st um, mail your um, document to every single editor or publisher or whatever um, please don't don't touch it <laughs> don't yeah. even think about it for a month um, and then go back to it yes then go back to it start editing um, a little teaser Um, for next week, we will have, uh, speaking of publishers, um, we will have the esteemed Jason Sizemore on our podcast, um, which we are quite excited about. And uh, mm-hmm. we will, of course, ask him about, um, he, uh, he is the editor-in-chief and uh, uh, overlord of um, Apex Publication, Apex Publication. Um, And he produces Apex Magazine, which is which is a great uh, which is a great uh, science fiction, fantasy, and horror magazine. Um, and uh, and I believe they did kind of an open door 
period following last year's Nano or, or the year before, I don't know. But we will be sure to ask him about his experiences with Nano authors. And uh, we hope that that will shine some light on on how things work and, and what's needed beyond those 50,000 words. Mm. I, I think actually um, uh, at the time I do remember the um, the open door thing with uh, Apex actually being uh, being around. I believe I did actually look into it and I, th- I thought about uh, entering something for it and then I just kind of didn't feel very confident about my own my own writing and what I was putting out so didn't yeah, end well, up going for it. You know, confidence is a double-edged sword. So, um, mm-hmm. Certainly, you know, it's so easy to be either overconfident. Um, this is the best thing since sliced bread and, I don't know, Asimov's foundation. Um, to, be, to, to be honest with you, I've never met an author who's overconfident about anything. <laughs> that's true. Um, but, you know, um, a lot of, like, I like to make the distinction between writer and author. Um, because authors have been through kind of the underbelly of, of the publishing process, like the editing, the, the, the polishing, the marketing, the all that stuff. So th- that, that's, that's very humbling um, uh, to, to go through. Um, on the other hand, you know, um, underconfidence, if that's a word or a thing, um, is also not good. You know, you uh-huh. you know, if if you don't believe in yourself, um, then you know why would anybody else? So it's, there's also the fact that if you don't believe in your work, then there's a strong chance of you going, well, I I don't think this is any good. I'm why why should I publish this? So your work then never sees the light of day, and it could actually indeed. be the, the the most amazing thing ever written if you don't have the confidence in it. You know, just go, just I don't see the point. Yeah, I um, at least uh, I at least managed to have the uh, the uh, the uh, the confidence to say this is not a bad story. I don't think it's the next the next bestseller by any stretch of the imagination, but it's the best that I could make it, and it's the story I wanted to tell. I'm going to put it out there. I got that far at least. <laughs> yeah, and and you know it's 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 like it's it's a process. Like uh, your first mm. story. Um, I can't remember where I heard this, um, uh, where I, uh, who put it this way, but you know, um, it's like, it, it went like this, I'm going to be paraphrasing so bad, it's not going to be recognizable, but, um, you know, your first novel is not your first novel. Your first novel is probably in a trash bin. Your second novel is probably in your desk. Your third novel is probably on your computer. And your fourth novel is what's, what gets published um, as your first novel. And yeah. that's, you know, it's, it's a process. So um, that's why rejection is part of it, uh, part of the writer's life. Um, and why it's, uh, it's never, it's never about story that you're writing it's about getting to the next story and the next story and the next story and getting mm-hmm. better telling it um absolutely this week's topic we thought we would uh, 
deep dive into nepotism and narcissism and ego and um <laughs> wait a minute wait a minute i don't recall actually that being the topic Oh, well, so, so either you're trying to make a, make a comment about you, yourself, me, or both of us, or you're leading to something. I am leading to something um, because our topic is kind of ourselves, and uh, or more like uh, you know, one of the things that writers get asked a lot, and it's annoying as hell, is uh, where do you get your ideas from? and um from my head what what keeps you inspired and 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 all that jazz and i think uh, yeah there there um there are very few um writing questions uh exist that don't have a perfect answer from either um scalzi um mm -hmm. or new game and um Actually, Neil Gaiman, um, uh, in in one of his interviews um, uh, during the Q and A portion um, from the audience, um, somebody said, "You know, where do you get your ideas from?" And uh, he said, uh, with a, with a straight face, that uh, you know, I'm subscribed to an idea newsletter. Every morning, you get a, uh, you get an idea from a, uh, in email, and you write that. And, uh, I. I, I, I Sounds about right for Neil Gaiman. Yeah, I, I I think that was that was brilliant. But I also think that uh, uh, it's it's kind of useful, um, or it could be useful for other people um, who may not believe in themselves um, mm. because you know because they think that you know they don't have the education or don't have the uh, upbringing or whatever um to write and to put their stories out there um if we kind of shared where we come from um and why we write what keeps us inspired what are oh. kind of our formative uh books who we look up to and um and yeah where where do we get our ideas from and obviously that from a certain perspective uh, this is our podcast it can be considered narcissistic egotistic or um, nepotistic but we don't care do we no of course not because we run this show so yeah you know we do you pay your money you take your chances you yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so to start off mr martin Perel, um that's when, when did you start to write and why and and what kind of uh, how what kind of books formed your perspective on what kind of or, or movies or tv shows or what have you um formed your perspective and your stories that you tell hmm. to answer that fully i'm gonna have to actually try and remember exactly when i started writing and that was a long time ago, I think. Um, uh, it was probably when my parents first got some kind of mechanized writing device, which wasn't even a proper computer. It was a word processor. Funny little machine. Um, 
you understand what a word processor is, don't you? I do. I I, I, I okay. seem to remember some some kind of uh, devilish device so, that I saw. Um, <laughs> so for, for for any younger listeners who uh, have no idea of uh, what life was like before, say, Computers. the 2000s, yeah, <laughs> before yeah, before sliced bread and, you know, when we lived as animals without internet <laughs> and Google. Um, a word processor is basically an electronic typewriter. And it's the devil's work. I had this tiny little screen that only showed about four lines of text at a time. At best. And it had a built-in printer and that never worked properly. It ran on three and a half inch floppy disks. So, you know, if you don't know what those are, ask your parents. Um, and yeah, I, before you be, be, before you go on and give you a chance to gather your thoughts, um, mm. they are actually making a comeback, or at least they did. You're shitting a, me. A, a year or two ago, they they were all the rage that these. Um, so the, the 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 pitch was to. Uh, not to carry around a, a, a laptop or not to carry around a tablet or whatever. They had these compact things that came straight from the 80s. Um, and um, and they basically were that. Um, I mean, even, even the design didn't change that much. I, th- I think um, I remember seeing those, actually. And uh, and yeah, you know, you know what 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 was old is now new again, or or something like that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, great. What's next? Uh, you know, Palm Pilots or or. <laughs> next, you'll be telling me shoulder pads will be making a comeback. Um, no, no, we we burned those <laughs> forever and ever. <laughs> Good, but uh, but. Uh, there's also uh, the saying. I think it was uh, it was Nathan Fillion on, on on some social media site that he said that uh, all the all the songs that I hated in the '80s now I love because they now remind me of the '80s. So you know, I I believe that beyond like functionality, which is shaky at the best, um, most of it came from uh, from nostalgia. nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, back to you. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, I can't remember exactly what I was reading at the time. In fact, this was kind of like my early to mid-teens, so it would probably have been the Redwall books by uh, Brian Jacks. Um, and I loved those books, collected all of them avidly. Um, they were fantastic books, mostly aimed at kind of older children, pre-teens, but I, I, I carried on reading them well into my late teens, and I'd probably still read them now. Because they were just really good stories with fun characters, and there were still some memorable characters and uh, quotes and things like that. And it was just really fantastic world building. Absolutely loved them. Um, randomly started getting it into my head that, oh, yeah, I don't know, maybe uh, I'd like to try writing something just, just for the sake of writing it and just playing around with little ideas that are coming out in my head. Um, dabbled with little random sci-fi concepts, and fantasy concepts. Uh, eventually, with things like the Underworld films coming out, 
certainly, well, the first one. Uh, but at that point, I'd already had an interest in the concept of vampires. Uh, just these these creatures with superhuman strength and abilities and this constant thirst for blood. It's, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little bit morbid there, but... Um, it was it was it was a fascination that was that was rising on the rise for me, and um, again start again little ideas and I was like, yeah yeah play around with these, try writing some things. Eventually, I uh, when we got like computers and the internet and all that jazz, I had a deviant art page, started writing stories on there, and one of them was this bizarre little self-insert vampire fantasy urban fantasy kind of thing Um, and that's where the the general idea of my story came about and as I started writing it I've got some uh, the, the, the core characters many of which survive today in pretty much the same form um I, I really got into the whole love of actually writing these stories and I was like wow these are these are this is this is an amazing feeling just writing this story and having people reading it and saying that they're enjoying it as well and the, the feeling of knowing people are enjoying what I've written it's like that's that's pretty awesome I'm gonna have to keep trying to do this that's a drug and it is it, it it really is. It is such a high to to just writing things that have come from your mind, and then having people go, "Yeah, oh man, this is amazing! I absolutely love this." It doesn't matter if it's if it's like Shakespeare or or, or not. If just knowing people enjoyed it is so so special. Anyway, over time, I started evolving these ideas um, got involved eventually on a website which was I can't even remember the name of it now uh, youwriteon.com that was it and it was it was it was one of these websites where people shared kind of snippets of uh, a certain a certain segments of, of what they're working on and other people could then comment and nice. offer constructive advice and it was during that process that people um, commented and said okay you've got ideas there but i was baffled as to where this is taking place and we could do with expanding more on where things are taking place at this point and uh you know changing this perspective and things like that at that time it was still a third person story um and there was one scene that I kept having in my head. It was actually from the first person perspective. It was basically, I kept thinking about how would it actually feel for a mortal to be turned by a vampire? Not, not the actual bite, but the actual process of their body changing. Uh, I just couldn't shake this image out of my head because I knew it'd be something I'd really want to explore. And then that's when I started rewriting it as a first person story. And that's when the story that is now A Life in Blood came about. And it evolved over a couple of edits. And eventually, 
a couple of years ago, I um, I finally finished the, the, the story that I'd technically been working on for about 15 years, and then got it out. So yeah, that's the potted history, <laughs> not so potted history of uh, of my first novel. Nice. Um, what I what I really um, like is that uh, is this last bit, well, the, the second to last bit um, about um, you know getting your writing out there and getting mm. feedback on it, and which is basically you know just networking with others and getting um, um, getting their feedback, getting their input on. On, on 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 your on your story and that's insanely important and so uh-huh. few writers like as a percentage i i feel that so few writers um do that um because there is still this kind of stereotypical um setup of you know a writer working alone and then there is a book and that's not how it works that's not you know it's um, really not it could work that way or maybe it did at some point but uh um in the in in the past um but uh but the the value of uh not just not just the feedback and not just the you know it's 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 a two-way street so to like most organized or all organized um, uh, critiquing groups um, or workshops or what whatever um, um, they expect that you give feedback as well so you oh. start building relationships and uh, and then you meet people and then you meet editors and, 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 and all that good stuff and um, giving feedback on other people's work is 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 also make it, it also makes you a better editor which is extremely important especially when you're yeah. starting out when you can't afford an editor so you have to edit yourself which is uh, you know if you can avoid it please do because you are too close to too close to your your own work to be yeah. uh, the editor your story needs but uh, but yeah it's uh, it's it's great that you you went this way and not you know not kind of siloed your story and and got it out there without without getting input so that's great yeah i mean it, it was it's kind of lucky actually because um what happened was uh, i'd finished the novel and i'd edited it as best i could and obviously this was this was my first novel this was my first experience of of, of finishing um, an actual book that i intended to publish um, so I was still um, very new at the whole idea of things. So I was, I was aiming to just, yeah, try and get it published. Um, and there was a um, there was a, a, an open submission window with a Angry Robot Books. Don't know yeah. if you've heard of them. I hadn't before that time. Um, anyway, I applied with the uh, the open window, and I was like, "Yeah, this will be this will be fun." Yeah, hope to hear back from that. And it was during that I got talking to another author um, who um, 
then became the uh, the very wonderful person who has actually uh, produced the covers for my two books. Um, mm. Yeah, we we got talking and uh, talked about the kind of things we're working on, and um, she actually said, "Oh yeah, it sounds that like your story would be interesting. I'd love to have a read of it sometime." And I was like, "Oh my god, an actual published author, an author who has been published for." quite some time and is 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 already deep in the in the industry wants to read my work oh my god oh my god i was kind of having a bit of a fangirl moment um so yeah i sent her my uh my manuscript at the time and she was able to actually offer me some some key bits of advice before i actually got it out and there yeah, was little little changes to uh, bits of the pacing and also like uh, something that would go in at the very start of the story to kind of drag people in and it was it was just the way the, the way the very first like paragraph went the way the whole way that was done it was it was a little suggestion she had made and I was like that's perfect and if it weren't for that then it wouldn't have been as good as it is now uh so i, I am immensely thankful to uh heather dixon wonderful person um great writer in her own right as well and she did some fantastic covers for me and i was so so thankful and if i remember correctly um it was around that time and good robot um submission period that uh we met over twitter i think Yes, that and, is and exactly. We, when when we started talking, and uh, look where we are now. We are <laughs> the yes, um, absolutely. Because we're that awesome. And uh, so, what I wanted to ask is, uh, what kind of like you mentioned on the, the Underwood movie? Um, any any kind of pivotal or formative um, works? Uh, that you can remember that kind of informed how you approach uh, storytelling um, or any anything that springs to mind that uh, that may have had an effect on you not entirely sure I get what you mean that's probably just me being stupid <laughs> uh, no probably not um, but like um I don't like my from my own um, experience. I don't remember what was the turning point that because for as long as I can remember, from from very young age, well into my my late teens, um, I was always a fantasy guy. Mm. I read fantasy. I I I kind of daydream daydreamed about writing fantasy one point um and then then you know i'm i still enjoy fantasy but i write science fiction and i read science fiction and i can't remember the kind what what kind of changed maybe it was star wars um during the 90s huh. late 90s when when the big came out and there was a huge hype I love the prequels by the way and you know fight me I don't care um, I love the prequels and somebody uh, has to yeah you know um, 
but uh, I think they were kind of wonderful um, in 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 many ways, kind of awful in a lot of others, but who cares? Um, but yeah, I I think like Star Wars kind of turned me from a fantasy person to um, to a sci-fi person, and um, I think those experiences are are fun to kind of. Uh, recall if you have any or you know if if you can remember any hmm. <clears throat> um i don't really know to be honest uh it's well, just, you know that's fine it's you know it's that, not <laughs> it's, it's not it's, it doesn't make for a uh, fantastic uh listening i know but it, there was just a point in my life I, I think it probably got sparked off you know what I do know where it started off actually um, interview with a vampire yes uh, I, I saw I never re- I never read any of the Anne Rice books but I saw interview with a vampire and I saw whatever the uh, what was the one that followed it Queen of Darkness something like that uh, maybe in the movies, I I, I know that, that like uh, in the books it was interview with the vampire and then she then then there was the the prequel to it, uh, Lesta the vampire. That was yes. the well, as I ju- uh, as I did just say to you, I never read the books. It helps to listen, Greg. For God's sake, man. I'm I'm just anyway. saying that I don't know that that if if the movies follow because I I I like I saw interview with a vampire of course um i never yeah. saw any of the other movies yes uh i'm pretty sure it was uh, queen of darkness or something along those lines anybody who's listening and you know the one i'm on about leave a comment and tell Please. us which one which of the films it was that followed interview with a vampire anyway i, I watched those and that kind of triggered a bit of a, a bit of a change in in mindset for me and i was like hey wow these are cool i love these ideas and then of course there was blade blade was amazing loved yeah. blade just the, the the whole opening uh nightclub scene it's just iconic for me you just can't get any better than that yeah uh to be fair so, like Blade was the, like Blade is kind of the the word processor of of that era. Like it was amazing <laughs> at that time. Yeah. Like if 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 you were to kind of um, watch it now, it's um, um, it's alright, I guess, for nostalgia. <laughs> and you know what I mean. You know, what? fuck you, man. Wesley Snipes is awesome <laughs> in that film. Uh, no, Wesley Snipes is awesome in that film. Uh, the film itself, yeah. It, all right, it has issues. It has issues. Um, I mean, hey, the Star Wars prequels had issues, like the fact that they were made. I, I, I love to death the, the Tim Burton Batman movies, and uh, they have issues. So I oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're cheesy as fuck, but yeah, they're, they're still awesome. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman is probably the best ever put to screen. Well, that's not a high bar, too. You know, uh, aside from you know the Dark Knight Rises, um, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, pre Nolan, um, that's not you know. Let's not talk about Halle Berry. 
that one doesn't exist. No. But anyway, yeah, those were the things that, that uh, certainly formed my um, the basis of my interest in in, in that kind of uh, uh, that kind of um, genre. That's the word I was looking for. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think quite a bit of it might have been informed by Blade. Actually, obviously, the concept of of Daywalkers. Um, anyone who's read my books would probably be aware of the fact that my vampires are able to uh, walk in the daylight without um, being reduced to uh, ash, and they don't glitter either. Yay! Had to get that in there. Yeah, you know, as as you know, as as kind of dated the the. Uh, digs um, at Twilight are. Um, They're still very relevant. Yes, uh, like that, like the Twilight movies and the books um, weren't uh, weren't a good good period for vampires. No, <laughs> and that was, that was one of the things that prompted me to 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 actually you know write my story properly because I was like, this travesty can't stand. Someone needs to write proper vampires again. And by um, God, it, 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 by God, I'm going to take it on myself to do this. But you know, we can we can joke about Twilight um, all all day long, um, and we probably could. Um, God knows there's enough material to make fun of. But uh-huh. uh, Stephanie, Stephanie Meyer, um, she became an international bestseller and sensation, and what have you? How? At the first. Try. She submitted once. She got published. She got a movie deal. <sighs> just, just don't, just don't carry on because it infuriates me no end. Yeah. Anyway, you know, I like my success when it's earned. I, I yeah. keep telling myself that you know that it's hard, but it's going to be you know sweeter when I win. So I don't cry myself to sleep at night, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But vampire- vampires are fun. They are. They are kind of. Uh, they can be approached in, in many different ways. And oh. I, you know, I, I, uh, I make fun of Twilight. I never make fun of Twilight fans because that's, that's uh, true, I suppose. Because whatever the hell um, helps you through your day or your life, um, I'm game for it. You know, it's it's your business, and I know because I learned this stuff. They taught me about this stuff about interpretation. Is that uh, whatever happens between you and the text? That's between you and the text, and I'm not going to judge anyone. But I will make fun of Twilight as much as I can. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, there was something I was going to mention about a conversation we had last week, and I forgot what it was now. But this might be a good good uh, point to introduce another new segment. Um, to our podcast, which is uh, Book of the Week, which um, we stole from Writing Excuses, full disclosure. But uh, but yeah, it's a fun 
uh, it's a fun. Well, uh, well, let's be honest here. It's not like they 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 hold the monopoly on a book of the week segment. Yeah, um, I got the idea from from uh, writing excuses. I'm sure there are plenty of others who are doing it, and they stole it first, so it's okay now that we stole it too. <laughs> um, uh, so our book of the week, um, incidentally, is uh, Martin's book. Martin, completely coincidental that one. I know you can't tell, listeners, but I am actually sat here with an expression like butter wouldn't melt in my mouth. <laughs> okay, then. Uh, so, apparently, our book of the week is um, my first novel, A Life in Blood. Um, as I've just been babbling on for far too long. Um, you do talk that. <laughs> Coming from you, that's, 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 that's really something. So I'll just, I'll just pretend you didn't say that. Anyway, um, it is uh, the culmination of about 15 years of work. Um, and uh, it's something I am very proud of. Um, it features the, it is basically the story of uh, Deimos Black, who is very well aware of uh, his peculiar name. Um, he is the... Um, middle son of a vampire hunting family that stretches back for several generations um, and about how he finds out that the side he's been brought up on in this this war between vampires and the people who hunt them uh, it, he, he finds out that the side he's being raised in isn't necessarily the right one um, he ends up um suffering some injuries and he's actually taken in by a vampire organization who gives uh, basically they they give him a chance to actually see what things are like on their side and then they give him a choice you can either go back to your old life at which point you know we'll say nothing of it you'll go back to your old life and if we cross each other in the field again then what happens happens or you can stay with us and you can see what things are really like kind of like a, a moment with you know uh, Morpheus and Keanu Reeves in The Matrix the first one <clears throat> red pill blue pill moment right so yeah he he uh, it wouldn't be much of a story if he just went yeah fuck it I'm going back to my old life don't believe any of you wouldn't be a very good story Actually, anyway. you know that 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 that's, you know that would be a short story, but it would like that would be a one hell of a twist. Like, yeah, you, you 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 know you have to kill the dragon. Yeah, no. Or you know, or the dragon wins like quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Um... For the for the purposes of storytelling, uh, he he does realize that in what he's been taught isn't isn't really it's either not the truth or it's not the whole truth. As it happens, it's not any any kind of truth truth at all. He's he's basically been fed propaganda his entire life, uh, and he stays on with this vampire organization known only as the Order because I'm imaginative that way. <clears throat> no, that is it, just what they call works. themselves. 
I always like I always used to like you know organizations and groups in in, in various uh, stories and settings that were the order of something something I just thought it sounded cool and then I thought yeah, what does. if these people know about that being a thing and they just shortened it to the order and they make a comment about it's not the order of something ominous if it's just the order <clears throat> anyway he joins them and uh, he he builds um just some pretty effective uh, relationships builds friendships um one of the the vampires he meets then goes on to actually be <coughs> one of his closest friends did you just sneeze at me <laughs> No, I did not sneeze. I coughed, and I I apologize. I will, you know. Well, that's I pretty edit. fucking rude, man. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> My throat. Is, is, don't, don't, please, just don't carry on. I will edit this out because this is a multi-track recording. I can edit these things out. Now, now I can't because you called attention to it, and obviously I can't get <laughs> out the whole section. So thank you very much for that. But yeah. Uh, fun times. Uh, anyway, um, so yes, uh, he he builds relationships. He um, finds some uh, really good friendships. Uh, as I was saying, uh, one of the vampires he meets becomes his his closest friend and uh, almost a kind of advisor uh, to him. Um, incidentally, that particular character, uh, Levertes Grey, is one of those characters that has survived the entire 15-year period I've been working on this book. And she's all, she's stayed the same. She she was basically fully fully formed the minute I invented her. And she's awesome. Um, and he eventually, uh, as you might imagine for a, a story in this kind of day and age, he does actually... Uh, build a romantic relationship with one of the vampires and gets married and all sorts of fun things happen after that that if I carry on would end up spoiling the entire plot of the book needless to say um, it's 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 fun it's um, it is my first book and it is something I'm still very proud of there are some moments of people getting hurt in various unpleasant ways which is great and uh, action sequences, because who doesn't love those? Indeed. Um, obviously, um, don't spoil the book because, um, as always, we will have links to the relevant stuff. And Martin's books are, you know, have permanent spot in our show notes, so you can pick up, uh, pick it up on Amazon, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Amazon um, and uh, read it, like it, share it, um, leave a review, please. Please, um, I, I, I would love to have more reviews. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and tell Martin how uh, awesome he is on Twitter. <laughs> because he well, tell me that. how much you uh, tell me how much you didn't like my book if that's if that's if that's also the case. Um, I I do freely uh, invite any and all criticism. Yeah, and if you did, <laughs> as long as, and you know, although although I do want to say I do hope that any con- any criticism is a bit more constructive than the one star review of my book, which just said totally bad. 
it's like that's great how am i supposed to make changes to how i write with that kind of review that's just fan fucking tastic thanks so much yeah well you know that's that's life um but um you know if you like the book uh, tell your friends if you didn't like the book tell your enemies it's a win for you <laughs> life and blood by martin curl thank you very much for uh naming my uh, my book the uh, the book of the week this week i suppose mm, that ties you. in with the nepotism theme doesn't it yeah you know you do what you got to do um and we you know uh from time and again we we mentioned that um especially for indie authors like us um marketing is hugely important and uh you know if you're proud of it if you have a platform to promote it not obnoxiously um then do it by all means um yeah. wherever you can because you know you don't like very few writers i imagine set out to write a novel and dedicate um a year or two years or your it's 15 years um of their life um to a story um just to just to not make money of it um oh. and i don't mean like you can certainly do that but the the pragmatic thing and i think the the more um general thing would be to you know if you get paid for what you write and um uh, and yeah that's the way you do it it's it's simple as that yeah i'm still holding out for my big movie deal i'm sure it's just around the corner now yeah you Any know day now. yeah I'm, pro- i'm probably the contract is in the mail but you know how it <laughs> works yeah absolutely it's 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 just blow well being slow again yeah so you will you will you will live to see your novel butchered into a movie adaptation that's something <laughs> to look for so anyway anyway yes god it's been a while since i've babbled that much i think well you know um i'm i'm starting to rub off on you I- <laughs> well, in all fairness, you did ask the question. Yeah. Which was very short, by the way. And but it's it's all good. Our friends here, this is a safe safe space. Um <laughs> So, let's talk about you now and uh your influences and uh what inspired you to get writing in the first place and um the journey you've taken towards where you are now go so you know i i i think this is going to be a kind of a so because um i'm going to be fairly brief the briefest <laughs> i ever been um because uh, yeah i i can i can very much pinpoint the, the time i i i figured I would be good at writing is um I started writing poetry because I was in love because of course I was because why else do you write uh, of course As love you... makes poets and fools of us all doesn't it um it certainly does you know 
think it was uh, in that poet society, in that line that, you know, why we invented language and the, the, the boys um, uh, all say that, you know, commerce and whatever. And it's for, it was for love. It was for wooing the ladies. Um, and yeah, that's mm-hmm. how I got, uh, got my start in writing because I wrote some fairly bad um, poems. Um, when I was, I think, 12 or so, and, uh, and, and a couple of good ones. And uh, <laughs> I had a friend uh, a few years uh, older than me um, who was dating my sister at the time, um, and uh, he, he read a few of the good ones, and he said that um, I should pursue this, and then I wrote some more poems, and I got better at them. And... Um, and I've always read a lot. Um, I grew up with uh, with basically reading the family library by the time I was eight or nine. Um, I was reading like proper adult books, um, like uh, mysteries and um, crime and uh, romance novels. Basically, if there was letters in it, I read it. Um, <laughs> and. Um, and uh, that kind of developed into into uh, affinity for for humanities. So I, I pursued that in school. I, I went on to become an English major, um, mostly for the purpose of studying early English literature because I was a huge fan of uh, G.R.R. Tolkien, and I wanted to be a Tolkien scholar. And then, um, then that's shifted to Renaissance in college, and uh, and as as mentioned, um, Star Wars kind of uh, took me away from fantasy and looking into the past, and I started looking at the future. So I became a science fiction aficionado, and science fiction writer, and um, yeah, that's that's basically my story. Um, that's why I like pretty awesome. Um, yeah, and and um, <laughs> but like I, I I never like I didn't think when I when I got out of college without a degree, um, I, I went from from being an English and philosophy major. I went to I went to law school and I went to study computer science because <laughs> I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life, and then I started working. And I kind of shelved the idea of everything. Um, then, at uh, a few years ago, when I started doing social media and uh, copywriting on the side, that I tasted again the the high of, of creating and telling the story, even you know if that story was to sell something or whatever. Um, and then the social media as a main and copywriting on the side became copywriting as my primary <clears throat> source of income and my, my career. And, um, and yeah, then I figured that if I don't do this now, I will never do it. So I decided I'm going to take this seriously. And, um, and yeah, I, I, I started educating, started, uh, 
writing and and kind of letting go of the fear of being judged which i i still struggle with a lot um even to this day so i don't write as much as i could because i i don't think i'm good enough if it hasn't been apparent from the very first episode my uh, my native language is not english and yet i write in english so i i always feel i'm at a disadvantage um and um but yeah i'm 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 slowly getting over that and just uh pushing through and getting it done well and i can honestly say that uh when when we were first talking um i actually had literally no idea that you were not a native english speaker <laughs> what well, thank you i'm here i am blushing um jeez dude i only just told i just told you that yeah your english is is pretty good it's not a declaration of love or anything okay let's not make it any more of this than needs to be it's done okay chill um, out yeah i'm 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 chill i'm chill i'm just you know it no it's 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 always nice because it, that's that's one of my biggest insecurities in writing is that um i can't write as as well or as you know smoothly as as an english person um so it it means a lot so thank you for that but no, yeah right. um i think uh i uh, what i wanted to mention um as a as kind of a secondary thing is that um it may be for the gimmicks of it because i or i don't know why i i really other than having a crush on Natalie Portman and, and you know that kind of <laughs> carried the prequels for me um uh, like uh, i can't really say what drew me to star wars and to science fiction but here i am and and since then i kind of um discovered all Actually, things that uh, hmm? i kind of had a had a little thought about that so you were talking yeah. about your 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 move from fantasy to science fiction yeah and how science uh, star wars was basically the trigger for that it's 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 been said by a lot of people and on numerous occasions that star wars is a science fiction story but it it has a lot of tropes and a, a lot of uh very much a, a fantasy feel to it so oh, yeah. it's kind of a Absolutely. blend of fantasy and science fiction and i think that's why yeah. that became the the evolution for you because it's it's it is a blend of those two genres so it was yeah a good yeah, step absolutely it's it's uh it's uh, it looks like a, a sci-fi story but it like it's actually a fantasy story so you know um but interestingly enough um especially in the in the last um i don't know couple of years i i'm i'm i really got into hard science fiction and it really became important to me that uh the science is right um in in the stories i write or i i i like i i enjoy all kinds of stories um even the more or the most far fetched ones as long mm-hmm. as there is an internal logic and internal consistency um but uh, i enjoy most where the leap from fact to fiction um is is very very small that's why i really enjoy the expanse novels because the leap is minuscule 
um, and from from a very small leaf they extrapolate. Um, but the the science is solid, um, and I enjoy reading those, and I enjoy the process of researching and writing just that. Um, That's cool. So, so yeah, um, and and I I really love in in the TV show that they took. Uh, Uh, gravity seriously, and they took um, inertia seriously, um, and that that was a that was a pretty cool thing because a lot of like when you translate something that uh, uh, there is a story that when when they when uh, shopped around uh, the the idea of. Of the book is that uh, they uh, they've been told that uh, yeah novel writers uh, don't do this much research uh, because it originally started as a as a role playing game um, but yeah that kind of care it really it really carries on and I and I like research I like learning about new things I like uh, um, I like. I procrastinate, but it's not really that because I don't, you know, I don't just take a nap or or <clears throat> screw around. I I actually like when I'm not writing, I'm I'm reading about the stuff that I want to write about. It's so, it's kind of like that's that. Why uh, I use. It's kind. Of, it's kind of like the uh, the meme that uh, gets bandied around about um about um doing research for a novel and it uses uh, a scene from the Avengers have you seen that one uh, no uh, or maybe I did but I just can't recall it right now which one is it it's, it's basically it, it the the caption to it is um, researching a novel or doing research for a novel and the scene it uses is um, when Tony Stark comes on board the helicarrier and oh yeah Agent Hill asks him, "When did you become an expert in nuclear in nuclear physics?" And he goes, "Last night." Last night. Am I the only one who did the reading? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I believe I saw that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, research. First time I ever first first time I saw that meme, I was like, "So true." <laughs> yeah, and you know, research is such a such an underappreciated uh, discipline. Um, mm-hmm. I think, and and um, on a on a on a very very kind of side note, um, I think that's what's wrong with um, with education today and the world today is that nobody learned how to study or how to um, get information in quickly. Um, yeah, which I you know I I bounced around in college, but I did learn how to learn. And I did learn how to study, and that's immensely useful for me as a writer, um, not just as a fiction writer, but in my professional life as a as a as a as a copywriter, because I can walk into any company, um, ask them what their goals are, um, ask them like the the basic parameters of their product, and then spend a, maybe a weekend on the internet and. Uh, and be able to write about it not you know not in depth as you know but as time goes on and i i learn more i can write more in depth but um we have all this information 
at our fingertips and we uh-huh. know like by and large we have no idea how to tap into it or how to use it and that's kind of sad <clears throat> the other problem that writers face is uh, spending very large amounts of time trying to research something and then finding that the thing you've been spending so much time researching is usually just in, just mentioned in a throwaway comment or barely even referenced as so you've spent maybe an hour or more trying to research this thing and getting all the facts that you need about it down perfectly and then in the space of five seconds you've used up the the entirety of the, the, that subject and it's like why That's did I true. research all that? I, I've mentioned yes. it in a single comment that one person says in the entirety of the book. Why did I do this? But that's that's that may be true. But um, I was actually t- thinking about this the other day that um, one of one of the very favorite things in in a in a fantasy series that I loved and, and still love to this day. Um, I, I think I mentioned Raymond Feist uh, on the podcast before and his Rift War yes. series. Um, yes. So there is there is a character, Nacor. Um, first of all, I recommend that series to everybody because it's epic and you can learn a lot um, uh, about uh, storytelling. Um, because he's professional and he's he's very very good at uh, what he does, but there's this character um, who who stuck with me for for a long 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 time, and he's not even uh, a secondary character. He's like a, a, a third or fourth level character, um, Nacor, and he is introduced. M- mostly for comic relief <laughs> um, but he has like lines that 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 just stick with you um, yeah. and it's so good and it's so like so and at the same time so frustrating because it's you know it's not a main character it's not a main plot it's not it's not nothing it's kind of throwaway lines um but they ring so true, so you never know what what throwaway line, what uh, secondary character resonates with the reader, um, or even like they can make connections that you never thought of, that kind of just born out of the unseen subtext of of, of that research that you poured into it, and you you. It, didn't make the connection but they did and that's what's important for them and um and so that's why we do the research it was seeing how we babbled on for a good good while and um seeing how my my equipment is starting to uh, run out of juice um why don't we uh kind of start wrapping up here Yes, I was actually uh, thinking the same thing. <clears throat> uh, you see, so... telepathy, telepathy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, we, we've been at this for so long now. And we've been talking for so, so many years that we actually now understand how the other thinks. 
Yeah. yeah. And on that note, please, Martin, do the honors. Because oh, you're so going to be my it. thing now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's like you know when you when you're good at something, you know, one you don't do it for free. Uh, Second, I'm a you do it success. all the time. Is that what it is? Yes, yes. <sighs> you're just too good for me to do the outro when lead out or whatever it's called, because you're so much better at it. Flattery is not going to get you anywhere, man. Um, plus, oh, you know, seriously, you, you and me are going to have words after this uh, after this recording <laughs> session. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, so yeah, and on that bombshell, as uh, some uh, as a very strange group of men in England is so fond of saying on TV. Um, so yeah, uh, we've we've finished uh, talking large amounts of madness for another week. Uh, so as usual. Um, any relevant links and uh, bits of information will be in the show notes. Uh, there will be links to both of my books. Please feel free to go and uh, read them and comment and review and drop onto Twitter and yell at me for whatever you feel like you want to yell at me for. Um, speaking of which, we are both on Twitter. There is uh, the link to both my my page and Greg's and also the uh, writerings page itself. And speaking of yelling at us, please, please do um, uh, peruse um, Anchor um, and leave a voicemail or voice message for us. If you are funny and or if you are yelling, we are including it. In- yes, absolutely. Um, we do welcome comments of any kind. Uh, we would also love to hear uh, any thoughts that you guys have about what we're doing in the show, how we're doing on the show, any ideas you might have for us for future topics or future guests or anything you want to mention to us. Uh, we do also have an email as well, uh, which is writerings.podcast at gmail.com. Got it. Like a pro, like a pro. <laughs> Um, what I would like to add is that um, what we haven't really emphasized as of yet, but we should, and we, uh, we I'm starting it right We're now. We're doing it from today. Yes. Um, uh, please uh, rate us on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you are listening to this. Um, favorite the podcast on Anchor. Um Share it with your friends if you liked it, or with your enemies if you didn't. Um, and uh, leave a review, whatever, um, because that's what keeps us afloat. That's what uh, helps us grow and uh, get more, get more feedback and to get better. And me, you know, it's it's a it's a not a vicious cycle, but a cycle nevertheless. Absolutely. Basically, the more we get feedback on what we do, the more we can improve what we're doing, which then makes it better to listen to. And yeah, it becomes a never-ending cycle of that, awesomeness. Yes, because if we don't have that, it's it's always just uh, Martin telling me to shut up and I'm telling Martin <laughs> that he's smart and that, you know, that doesn't leave any room of improvement because we already know that he's smart and I don't know a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. 
so uh yeah on that note i think it's time for us to say good uh, good afternoon good night and good morning or whatever time of day it is where where and whenever you're listening to this um good um, luck i, I have, think that's you know that's yes, neutral good luck, good luck in all your writerly endeavors i have been martin carroll and i have been greg and we still will be next next time we're we're here i believe anyway uh Good night and thanks for listening. Yeah, uh tune in next week for our uh interview with Jason more. Bye. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.